1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels. This is a show where we cover the news in the, from the video games industry from the past couple of weeks. My name is Patrick Beja, and today I am joined once again by the amazing, the wonderful Ed Mitchell. How's it going?
0: Hey, Patrick, doing good. Thanks for that uh, very magnanimous introduction.
1: <laughs> I think it I might. Hope be I can your, live
0: up to all the words.
1: The yeah, the the amazing uh, Ed Mitchell might be your superhero name. <laughs> that would work. Um, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, the Game Awards happened in, on Friday, I think. Well, Friday, Europe time. Uh, Thursday, U- US time. And uh, then there was the PlayStation Experience. And there was, I mean, it wasn't the hugest announcements, but there were a couple of things worth mentioning. That, Then we have a number of uh, pieces of news to cover. We have some Destiny 2 opinions that I want to get out. Uh, I played a little bit of Near Automata that I want to talk about. A bunch of other things. Uh, Tomb, Tomb Raider news. Uh, Devil May Cry. Star Wars uh, Battlefront 2 news. But almost no loot box this time. Yay! Are we happy? I'm yes. Getting really tired. Good change. from yeah. Getting really tired of talking about loot boxes, I have to be honest. But... Um, Especially, you know, I do like the, the English show, the French show, and a couple of other gaming-related shows where I talk about loot, loot boxes all the time. Almost none, so let's not spoil it, and let's talk about the Game Awards. Um, did you watch, I was going to say, did you suffer through the entirety <laughs> of the three hours? That might be a little bit harsh. Did you watch all of it?
0: I did. I watched most of it. Um, <laughs> I That's I very was...
1: honest of you.
0: I was like half half watching, half watching uh, a football game that night, so I didn't really get that wasn't really like watching it completely. Um yeah. but the I will say that in general the Game Awards is much better than than any of the um the spike version of the game awards that happened, um I think it must have been like
1: four until two thousand and fourteen, yeah. I think when oh, okay. the when those yeah, stopped. So- um, yeah
0: so but Je- Je- i appreciate the fact that jeff Keeley still wants still wants and tries to do them every year um and he's willing to go through the more maybe more embarrassing like product placement stuff um <laughs> in exchange for, in exchange for the game games having their own award show um other than the bafta awards which are are nice but no, no like u.s based um award show for games other than this one
1: yeah i mean he clearly jeff Keeley wanted to do the oscars for games which yeah right I think he's getting closer and closer to uh, today I mean I was watching and the way I did it I didn't have a football game in the background I had my uh remote uh my uh, my Siri remote from my Apple TV because I was watching it on YouTube the the next day because it was the middle of the night when it went live for me but um and I well, I was keeping <laughs> well, I mean I don't love it that much. E3, I say up for, but this no. Uh, and so I had the, the skip ten seconds uh remote handy and I oh, would skip yeah, here and there. You go. Um but I watched I would say a good two, two and a half hours out, out of those three hours. And mm-hmm. um it was I mean, it it's really getting close to what an Oscars ceremony is. And I understand there are issues, and yes, there are some cringy sponsor moments and there's ads but you know like he has to pay for this entire he the company has to pay for this entire thing uh Mm -hmm. without the support of a tv station that's going to pay for the rights like i think he's achieved something quite incredible um managing to put this whole thing together that doesn't look ridiculous you know it looks pretty decent right yeah I agree absolutely. It was a giant uh, theater I don't know which one it was but uh, it was it was really full. There were a lot of industry luminaries it was like it, it 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 it's gotten noticeably better every year so I think within like two three years it might be uh you know comparable to something like the Oscars for our yeah. industry but still i I see the I understand we don't necessarily need you know one cer- uh, you know award ceremony to rule them all but i think it's nice to have it's it doesn't mean that it's the only one that matters obviously everyone has their own um but yeah i i really i thought it was it was it, i understand why some people don't like what Keely is doing but i think there's value to it and it's uh, it's an interesting thing and i enjoy it so that's my thing my my assessment yeah um, what did you, so aside from that, uh, obviously the game of the year was taken home by, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, which...
0: Well deserved.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seemed like absolutely three or four out of the nominees would have been, <laughs> like, they would have gotten no complaints from anyone yeah, if they had it, won, including this one. Yeah, so.
0: for sure. I mean, th- Mario, going up against Mario Horizon Zero Dawn and Persona 5, like the, those are... I, I've played three out of the four of those. I haven't played a percent of five and I put all three of those, in my top five for right. the year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, I, so... I was,
0: I just want to mention one, one award very quickly. The, the two awards that went to Hellblade, uh, the one for best performance and, uh, actually three, cause I got best audio design and games for impact. Um, that game is really, really good. I... Um, if you go ahead, go ahead if you haven't had a chance to play it um the 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 things that really jump out at you is they used they use a special microphone and you can see the performers do it and there's a little like a uh, short like maybe 30 40 minute video that um that they included in the game and you can see how they how the performers did the voices that are supposed to be in her head and basically it's a three dimensional microphone and they had this huge space. And they just had people running and moving around the right microphone and whispering things as they run by the microphone. It's, um, it's
1: pretty amazing the way it's yeah. uh, constructed audio-wise. I picked mm-hmm. it up. Uh, we're going to talk about what we picked up during the sales maybe a little bit later. But um, I picked it up during the, the Black Friday sales. And I'm only a couple of hours in. But that aspect of it is amazing. It's, yeah.
0: Pretty it's fantastic. creepy, too. Yeah. like mm-hmm. it, And so to kind of go along with that is uh, Melina Juergen's um, performance as Sinua, because they, they fully mapped her face and did a lot of performance capture. Um, what's incredible is she was a video editor. She isn't an actor.
1: You know, like when she came up on stage, I didn't realize. And she had yeah. been very present in the videos and like the communications. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, Ah, uh, she's you know she's so good in the game. I was convinced she was a professional actress, yeah. and that she didn't. I, my image of her was like, oh, you know, she's she's a professional actress. She she got she was really good, but she did wasn't getting any work in Hollywood, and she mm-hmm. took a gamble on that game, and and it turns out it's getting pretty w- very good reviews, and she's getting yeah. some recognition out of it. So she's like riding that wave, but she doesn't know anything about video games, and yeah. it's like. She gets up on stage and she gets all emotional and she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually Ninja's theories uh, uh, video editor. This is <laughs> yeah. the first time I've ever done anything like this." And I'm like, "What are it's you?" It's funny because when you
0: when you start that video, it says edited by Milena Jurgens, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." The person <laughs> who did the voice acting, and no, it's the other way around. the person who does the video editing is the voice actress. the yeah. performance capture artist, I guess it's called. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, it what, what was amazing to me so, so when when you first start up and the voices start going, you see her eyes dart from yeah. like basically where the voices are coming from in your headset. Yeah. Um and and that just that I mean th- yes, you have a voice actress and a um a performance capture artist like in the studio, but you and you also have a bunch of people like supporting them her um including the director so good direction and good um awareness of where things are in in the way you're performing is uh it, it was an, it's incredible yeah. um I, as far would, as the game the, we can talk about that later, but the game itself is is quite good too yeah we can uh, we can
1: talk about the game a little bit later i'm I'm a little bit less uh uh i mean i I'm not sure what I think about it of uh, of it yet. I'm only a couple of hours in, but uh, we'll talk about the game itself a little bit later. Uh, Other things that were that stood out from those game awards, uh, that game awards ceremony, is of course uh, Joseph Faraz's. I want to say performance slash freakout. (laughs) That was so cringy and. so, for those who didn't see it, basically Joseph Faraz is the developer behind uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, which was a mm-hmm. uh, critically acclaimed indie title where you would control two different characters on screen, one with each uh, stick on your controller. And his new game, A Way Out, has pushes that concept by giving you two different characters to control, uh, but to two different people uh, playing together co-op. So the game looks really interesting, but Joseph Faraz comes uh, on on stage or on the little interview uh, stage they had with Jeff Keighley and starts, like, I don't know if he was drunk or if he was, like, but he starts <laughs> swearing and, like, saying, fuck the Oscars and, and going all off script. Like, he was, and he was, you know, he was really crazy because he was praising EA like mad and uh, yeah. saying, you know, they're really... But, I mean, I think that was a nice... Give perspective-giving moment, he was like, yeah, everyone messes up and they clearly messed up but they've been super supportive for me and so that was nice. But he was... Weird as and and you could see Jeff Keeley who didn't know where to put himself like he was so embarrassed and it kept going on and on and on and I mean <laughs> and every you couldn't, couldn't get him to stop
0: right yeah like you kept trying to get him to stop and he just wasn't having any of it <laughs> every good awards show has to have a, a
1: someone that needs to be played out like a good he little needs, uh, needs a thing. little hook from uh the cartoons and stuff yeah a little bit Um but yeah so I think that was a, a almost a a it was okay because it wasn't too bad. It's not like they started, they, he wasn't drunk really. He wasn't mm-hmm. like, he, he didn't uh, create a big scandal or a big drama. It was just like gamers universe uh, freak out type thing, which was just pretty mild. Um, yeah. So that was, that was almost cute, but at the same time, really cringy. I don't think he's getting <laughs> invited to speak publicly anytime soon though. <laughs> yeah. Um any other uh I mean that's the uh, awards aspect of it. Oh, I didn't want to mention um the student games that they were uh, uh awarding awards to. Mm-hmm. My god, those were amazing. Like they looked like even better than most uh indie games that we often see. Maybe not. Right. I mean they were in that in that area. I didn't, you know, I think I don't real for me. Student games are things that people are are coding in their spare time almost, and that they they don't have the tools to code, so they look like crap. That's my world's you know student games because I live in the 80s <laughs> probably. But I guess with the third party tools and and the uh, dedication and the actual education that they get, the, some of those those games made me want to play them, and that's not what I'm used to for student games usually. So just wanted to mention it. Um, And then there was the cute uh, Bethesda save the single player gamers campaign, which was, it was cute. I think it was a little bit, a little bit, I don't know, like a little bit too much. It was a little bit pandering, I think, but it was funny. Um, I
0: mean, you got, uh, they, it was definitely like a marketing push, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean it, it was it was kind of we still do single player experiences and they are important and it was like uh you know how do you call it? Like second degree? No. I don't know if you can say that in, in uh in English, but it was very self aware and kind of wink wink. Um mm-hmm. but I think it's a little bit I don't know, I mean Whatever it was, it was cute. Uh, but beyond that, there were a bunch of games. Um, any one in particular that uh, caught your eye? The, a, a bunch of world premiere that were <laughs> premiered.
0: Uh yeah, if, I mean Fade to Silence. I mean there, there wasn't much there, but it was interesting enough that I'm curious about it. Can you um, tell to the audience coming...
1: what it is or me? Yeah, what it, you it, think so
0: it is? it's. It seems to be, like, kind of a world exploration where there's... It in, a like, kind of an icy environment. Um, they didn't show, like, much of, like, actual gameplay. It was mostly just kind of a trailer. Um, but it seems very kind of open-worldy, and you're exploring around. You get to be on, a, on the back of one of those little things that are being pulled by dogs and stuff, so... <laughs> you make... Um, I mean...
1: There, there's it's post-apocalyptic, right? It's not like yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. in Alaska yeah. and and chilling with your with your. Yeah, it,
0: it seems like it seems like the the entire world went to went into an ice age essentially, right? Yeah, um because they show the one part of the trailer shows a spaceship that look, that's like basically about to take off, mm. like in position to take off, and it's like completely frozen over. um So it's very obvious that it's like all the way down to maybe like Florida it is very cold. Right. Um so that that's cool. Um Champions Ballad. I was surprised to see like the expansion pass or the trailer for it and then it said like it's out right now, you can go download it right now.
1: Right, talking um, about Zelda's expansion the, pass yeah, the also. Zelda
0: um expansion pass. And then uh Bayonetta one, two and three for the Switch is uh, I am so glad that Nintendo is going to k- keep porting things from the Wii U to the Switch. Um <laughs> I got a couple of Wii U games over here that are that are right for, for Switch play. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder what... I'm curious what the price point's going to be for that one and two. I'm hoping it's like 20, but I'm holding my breath for
1: like 40. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be 40. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's Bayonetta 2, and you get Bayonetta 1 in it yeah. uh, as well. It's going to be available in February. Um, I think it's going to be 40 minimum. Yeah, but, I mean... Um, the
0: so I, I got the original one, or the one that came on the Wii U, and I played Bayonetta one, but I never played Bayonetta two. So I still have that, and I'm not sure if I'm willing to drop like an, another forty dollars to play the one on the Switch or not. So maybe I'll just play the one on on the Wii U. I don't know. I'll, that'll be a that'll be a February 16th decision for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I guess. Um, yeah, so Bayonetta is still exclusive uh, to the Wii. So mm-hmm. that's. The, mm-hmm. uh, to the Wii, to the to the Switch. Um, so that's a good. Uh, I mean, yeah, things couldn't be going better for the Switch. Sorry, right now. Um, and of course, Bayonetta three is exclusive to the Switch also, and it's in development uh, currently. Probably twenty eighteen, we're guessing, but maybe later. So uh, that's yeah, kind of cool. That's yeah. Um, and
0: then the Sea of Thieves. The um, good to see an, a good a good solid release date on that. Um, mm. I played that game at PAX with some friends, and that's a game that you will play with friends, and you will not play with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm still iffy on it. Um, There was In the Valley of Gods, the new Campo Campo Santo Mm -hmm. game uh, Mm -hmm. coming out 2019, so we still have a little bit of time. Campo Santo, of course, uh, the developer behind Firewatch, really interesting game that ultimately disappointed me, but I still thought was a valuable experience. Uh, In the Valley of Gods is also something that seems pretty narrative, uh, but that is, I mean, uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll get an opportunity to talk about it, but Firewatch was forging a relation between you and that faraway person that you were talking to on the talkie walkie, on the walkie talkie rather in English. Oh, uh, that's how we call them in French. It's talkie walkie actually in French <laughs> for some weird reason. I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, you talk and you walk. It, it works. Uh, and, and then the Valley of Gods has two people like, uh, actually going through exploration in the pyramids. I think, or something related, uh, but they're together. So maybe that's the kind of Mm-mm. thing that, that's going to be a little bit different, but exploring that same kind of dynamic. Um, Soul Calibur Six is coming out in 2018. Uh, the fighting game fan in me is is prone to uh, mentioning that news. Uh, but then, of course, oh, there's GTFO as well, a four-player co-op zombie indie game um it, which is which looks interesting we need to mo- know more about that uh it's it I, seems i must
0: have missed the the witch fire did, did you watch that trailer
1: yes but i can't even remember what it is wait Witchfire. fire it,
0: it's a it's a like a shooter um a first person shooter like exploration but it's from, from oh, the guys yes. who made what remains of edith finch and um, no it's actually
1: uh Ethan Carter uh what's Ethan the, Carter the vanishing yeah, Ethan Carter
0: I had it, I had it backwards. Yeah. Uh, and the that, the that game looks surprisingly good.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm surprised you know what painkiller is. It feels to me like it's a game that that was already an homage to the 90s that came out in the 2000s and there's been a mm-hmm. few of them after that, but it's a very old school first person shooter and that Looks like a great combination i'm I'm looking forward to it as well um okay. but uh yeah painkiller it was really fun back then, but it's almost like it was the doom for when doom was not doom you know right and uh and doom was resurrected it it doom did what painkiller did, but better obviously it retook the crown but uh so that's the kind of gameplay you can expect so um and then of course, of course we can't not mention i mean it's not even on purpose that i didn't mention it but um the the uh death stranding what was it like eight minutes trailer yeah Um, that's crazy long i mean (laughs) i don't know
0: i'm not a big i still no real gameplay right
1: mm, they said that you can play the moment when he's uh when um what's his face the Walking Dead. Oh, Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus is yeah. is in water. They were saying, "Oh, yeah, that moment is playable." And I'm like, "You're playing uh, what? Like so he's the, sinking in the water?"
0: I I played I've played uh, Metal Gear Solid one through four, and by the time you got to four, you basically held the stick in a direction <laughs> until you got to the next cutscene. Right? Like that. That's an exaggeration, but it's not too far off the mark. Mm. So yeah. It, Playable is not what playable is for
1: everyone else uh, when guess, it comes to yeah.
0: Kojima games.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's completely... If they... I'll say this. If Kojima manages to make all of this that we've seen make sense, mm-hmm. then that in itself will be an achievement. You know, if the story makes sense beyond, ah, oh, of course, I know that the the, you know, oil tanker things are aliens and that's your quote-unquote explanation then no that doesn't work but if it actually (laughs) makes sense if the baby like appearing inside the stomach and giving a thumbs up to Norman Reedus (laughs) like if that actually makes actual sense then I'll be impressed but yeah for now it's I mean If I'm being honest, I I think it looked awesome. It looked like really intriguing, Mm -hmm. and I want to, like, the universe is compelling. And it, I'm not saying it's not, it's not, uh, artistically an achievement. And I certainly, it's a compelling way of, of, uh, getting people interested in your game. But I'm just, if, if it just ends up being a, a bunch of random, uh, uh, images that look cool that are smashed together for the sake of a uh, game that also looks cool without any logic behind it, then I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna be a client for this. But some people will be, and that's fine. But um, mm-hmm. mm. are you more convinced by this trailer? Oh,
0: uh, a, a little bit. I mean, I, I still want to see like an actual gameplay segment mm. um, because that that is that is actually where kojima games um like
1: are a
0: highlight for me is yeah shine is where they is in their actual gameplay Mm -hmm. um so, so yeah
1: yeah we'll see it's still i'm i'm still pretty sure we're not gonna see it until at least 2019 and uh every year we will have the amazing bro on-screen on, uh, <laughs> make-out almost between Keely and uh, Kojima. Who's mm-hmm. getting... It's, it's pretty impressive. He's getting... I'm pretty sure if he wasn't that uh, uh, prominently displayed at the Game Awards, it, it, like he's... He's the... Huh, how can I put it? The excitement, for the anticipation for his game is magnified so much by his presence at the game awards i think it's pretty impressive um and keely is helping it quite a bit and of course it's serving keely as well i i always wonder how genuine their relationship is because they profit so much from being buddies that one mm-hmm. you know both of them but uh maybe they're they're they really are buddies i don't know um all right so that's it for the game awards uh pretty cool overall like a bit a bit boring but i'm really happy they exist and i hope they grow bigger and more legitimate um playstation experience was also very interesting like it wasn't a um it it was very clearly not a press conference i think they even joked about it they said like communications wise we were told do not call it a press conference it was basically uh, a bunch of playstation executives and sony executives sitting on couches and inviting developers to sit on couches with them and uh hash it out and show some trailers and some gameplay and you know it almost felt like a blizzcon for playstation there, there were panels throughout the day after that uh, mm-hmm. p- not press conference i guess but uh Fireside uh, uh, conversation, and um, and yeah, it was just uh, presenting a bunch of games that we mostly knew. There weren't a lot of uh, of games that we didn't already know about, and uh, but a few a few interesting tidbits. Is there any one that that leaps at you le- leaps at you as the as the most uh, important moment?
0: Um, honestly the since the they had a lot of focus on PSVR um at, in late, at least like in the their opening uh yeah, the beginning. thing mm-hmm. or whatever um and since i don't have a playstation vr nothing really jumped out at me but um the the couple games that they did show Jupiter and Mars looks interesting the the dolphin vr uh, ER thing the dolphin vr game um just for kind of a nice, chill, journey-like experience, you know. Um, but other than that, there wasn't anything else that really jumped and talked to me. Um,
1: okay. You, you're not a big fan stri- of, the, of the medieval remaster?
0: Uh, I don't know. It was medieval good.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I never played it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do it for me. Um, the, the, the little bit about God of War was... I mean, it wasn't the most interesting thing, but he did mention mm-hmm. that the game is going to be twenty five hours to thirty hours long, yeah. Which is a part. De- usually, they're more in the fifteen hours area, yeah, I, so that's. I, uh,
0: I hope that I hope that they got enough of the a, a gameplay hook down to keep it interesting for that, because I don't think God the God of War gameplay like can last for much longer than the fifteen hours. But if they have like more of an open world-y kind of setting, then then maybe it'll be interesting. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. They need to make sure that the, the game, gameplay itself evolves enough that it keeps you Mm -hmm. uh, interested. I'm also hoping that it gives them time to, to do a really significant development of the relationship between him and his kid. Maybe even have the kid grown at some point or consequences of some of, you know, there, if you make a game that long, you have space for exploring complex, uh, dynamics and i hope right. that it's not just him being gruff and his kid being uh uh you know playful for 30 hours if it's just like kratos going like come child we need to hurry to the top of the mountain for 30 hours it's like <laughs> uh, okay but um we'll see it, it it still looks pretty good um what else uh dreams From medium Molecule. Molecule. Um, Oh,
0: that game still exists. That's good.
1: I I still don't know what the hell... Like, they're they're showcasing different types of games that were created with Dreams, which is essentially a a tool to make things. And they're so different, all of the experiences they're showing, that I don't even understand how that is possible. Like, at this stage, it's Mm -hmm. almost a third-party middleware, you know? It's like you you create... and, And what do you do? Like, do you import stuff? Do you archive your your library of of creations and textures and models and like how do you how does it work it's i mean we'll see they did a great job with uh with um ah what's the name of that game god uh, a little big planet. yes thank you and there you could do a lot of things in there but it was yeah anyway um but for me by far the most imp- uh, impressive thing was the demo for Detroit become human um the become human uh, demo was it basically made me interested in that game again where I wasn't so interested anymore because I was you know I had uh, Detroit fatigue and (laughs) honestly that demo it was pretty long it was one scene but I thought it was extremely compelling the way you would interact with the world is pretty you know it's not so original there's like a preparation for the the scene like you almost have a detective mode from batman from the batman games more or less and it's very there isn't a lot of gameplay there it's just immersing you into that uh involving you emotionally into what's happening and then you go into that hostage situation trying to to use what you've learned during your uh exploration in the previous scene uh to to resolve the situation and so did
0: they show is this the one where they were on the roof the yes. rooftop. yeah okay so this is the one the one i've played too okay um so the the detective mode is is kind of different than the normal things where you kind of scrub through until you find a point of interest and then you kind of look around so that that was i actually quite enjoyed that little bit um and then like you're saying kind of increase or lower your chances of sus- of success, based on um, that, and one thing that I don 't know if the demo kind of showed, but you actually do get a, have like a timer um, as soon as you walk in the room you're timed to gather as much information as possible to, until you're basically forced to go out, outside or okay. you can just go outside um, immediately right yeah. from the beginning yeah. right um, so th- that that part of it i I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, how that will kind of last across multiple little scenarios of that, right? And kind of what story will unfold from it. But I, I thought the the game, uh, well, controlled a little clunkily when it, when I played it at PAX. I think that the the actual game that's there is very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it definitely seemed like there could be something, um, and the demo we had at uh, or the trailer we had at E3 also made it seem somewhat interesting as well. So mm-hmm. I guess what I'm wondering now is how are they going to build a co- coherent story um with all of those very very different characters and settings. So we'll Yeah, honestly
0: see. I think that it, at least the 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 demo that that I played and was shown, I think that'll be a very beginning part. It'll kind of be beginning of that that characters kind of spiral.
1: Right, but it's like uh, it's it almost feels like there are I don't know how many vignettes or scenes there are going to be, but it almost seems like there is a different character per, uh, scene, you know, they almost never reuse the same character. So, um, I mean, we'll see. Um, and then, uh, oh, wipe out VR that, that seems like it's going to be puke city, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> okay, we'll see it's it's an included in the free in, in the remake in the wipeout remake so if you have it mm-hmm. you don't need to purchase wipe out vr you can just start playing uh immediately um and uh firewall which also is also a vr game looks basically like rainbow six the latest one um yep. uh yeah we'll see how it goes uh and then the capcom cup announced a couple of things the third season of characters to uh, street fighter 5 which comes with street fighter 5 arcade edition which is a free update for anyone who already has uh, street fighter 5 but you can also purchase uh, which includes all of the uh, previous characters of course if you don't have if you didn't buy them you bought street fighter 5 a while back then you don't get the free characters in the free update but um, you get the systems updates Uh, but if you buy the full game you get all of the season one and two characters so that that was uh confirmed and they showed some of the characters there's uh, no one cares i do because i like those games but uh, (laughs) uh but there's also the street fighter 30th anniversary collection which is coming in May on uh, PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox One, X, uh, or Xbox One, and uh, Switch. And though that's uh, 12 games, basically Street Fighter, all of the Street Fighter 2, all of the Street Fighter Alpha 1, 2, 3, and all of the Street Fighter 3, with the um, uh, some of those, four of those including online uh, play, which that is always problematic because you will never find someone there are so many of those games you, it's hard to find someone to play against that is at your level but i <laughs> guess it's possible and that's a, that's some you know it feels like the definitive co- co- collection it's every yeah. street fighter game arcade perfect is what they said um until street fighter 4 that's pretty impressive and uh, I guess not a lot of people are going to buy it. I'm uh, sure some people well, will.
0: But, uh, yeah. I mean, just to uh, c- get it on the, the most recent consoles, you know? I, I, I don't, guess so,
1: yeah. But I mean, th- it's, but
0: it's... it's for Street Fighter fans. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that, that it's going to be... Like, people will buy Street Fighter Five because it's the most recent. And people that really like Street Fighter will buy that
1: collection. yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, there. if you want to play, it's kind of, are you going to go play like Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess maybe some people have fond memories of specifically of Street Fighter Alpha 2 and not the third one or that guy. I mean, I, I played all of those, but um, again, I don't know if I'm the uh, target for these because I'm not a nostalgia <laughs> player. I don't even have a... A, a Super NES classic. So that's how much of a non-nostalgic uh, person I am. Um, yeah, so that's PlayStation experience. It was okay. It wasn't too bad. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, 17 million units for the PlayStation 4 and 2 million uh, PlayStation VR. So they're doing well. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, quicker tidbits of news. And uh, I do want to talk about Destiny Two. the mm-hmm. The DLC came out uh, last week, and I have to say I'm kind of disappointed in Destiny Two because, and in Bungie in general, um, there are specific issues with the with the DLC which mean that uh, people who have the base game and not the DLC are locked out of some of the mm-hmm. end game activities, um, which is not great. Uh, and that's a problem for sure. It basically means that if you bought the PC version, you had six weeks to play right. through the game and play through the end game. And now you can't. You can't play through well, the it, end game. So, so the
0: the way I understand it is that there was a bunch of stuff that was for max level only, Right. And then this new version of DLC increased the max level?
1: Yes, but not really, because there's the heroic strikes. So you have strikes which are basically dungeons, instances, um, the regular ones, and then the new the new DLC added the heroic versions, which are more Mm -hmm. difficult. But the the light level or power level that's required to, to do them is 270. And with the previous with the base game, you can go to 305. So It's like, you theoretically, you should be allowed to do it because it's appropriate for your level, but it's part of the new uh, DLC, but it's just the old strikes with a higher difficulty level, no new mechanics, no new nothing, just tougher. Um, So, I mean, that's debatable how cool it... I mean, clearly it's not cool. I think, (laughs) of of course, they're going to do whatever they want, but it feels cheap. Um, th- I mean, that's one thing, and there's a couple of other things, the XP issues and all of those, even the, the loot boxes, which I really don't think are, are a problem, as I've stated many times. But beyond all of this, what really bothers me with Destiny 2 is that they're basically making similar <coughs> <coughs> Ooh, <sorry>. similar mistakes <laughs> to what they made with Destiny 1. It's almost like mm-hmm. they learned a huge amount of things With the first expansion, The Taken King, for Destiny 1, and we were like, yes, now they get it. You have, like, secrets and things that keep you interested and and things to explore in the area and, like, weird uh, mysteries that you have to solve. And it's it's amazing. The Taken King was a great, great game. And then they forgot all of it for Destiny 2. And you're like, "Uh, uh, okay... Well, I mean, the game was great for 80 hours, which is, I think, what I sunk into it. I loved my time there. But then it's it sort of stopped, which I guess it's fine. You know, 80 hours of game time is fine for 60 bucks, but it's still weird that they didn't, you know, they, they made mistakes. Again, they they were they are different mistakes from the ones from Destiny 1, but it's still this thing of, well, the game is on the verge of being great, but then there are dumb issues that mean it's tedious or it's it's you want to love it but it's almost like the developer is preventing you from loving it and it's fine if it's your first game but if you repeat it for the second one and then it's on top of it you push a dlc which again it was the same for destiny one but it was three months later and it feels like there was the community was more engaged so it was like people were more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt or to excuse some of those mistakes. Um, And now with the PC version of the game, it's been rendered not pointless, but really uh, a lot less of a full game only six, six weeks after it's been released. So it's like at some point you're like, well, I don't want to put in the effort to love your game forever, right? I've been doing it for like the first one and I sort of did it in a little bit for the second one, but like that's too much. So it's turned into a thing where I look at it and I'm I'm sort of not hopeful for the potential for the future p- potential of the game and thankful for the fun I'm having. It's like the fun I I had was is is gone and it's I'm a little bit bitter about the state of the game now. And I'm worried about the future potential. So... Are you still playing it? Like, regularly? No, no, no. no. I didn't even purchase the DLC. I'm like... But that's because there are too many other good games that I want to play, I think. (laughs) Um, But still, I mean, that was one of the issues. It wasn't incentivizing you to keep playing after those, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, first measly 80 hours, right? right? So, I mean, theoretically, I guess you could still do all of that um but it feels bad when some of it, you have more stuff to do than you did in the first one you have the public events and a lot more quote unquote questing and stuff like that i understand that but we also know that the end game in those games is is super important and if the end game becomes inaccessible you know if you you've purchased the the pc version 6 weeks after that it feels it doesn't feel good so i'm i and and as much as i think the loot boxes do not affect the game at all having the loot boxes and the paid dlc and the uh sectioning off on some part of the end game behind Mm -hmm. the dlc feels like well you have the loot boxes which are, are another revenue stream the dlc is also uh something that you have to pay for so it feels cheap i'm not you know I'm I'm ready to say I'm disappointed in in Destiny 2 and Bungie so I didn't want to mention it.
0: The uh, the gating off stuff from behind the DLC stuff is is something that Activision does a, a good amount though. They do a lot with Call of Duty like they they'll re- release new maps and then you can't join the this is this probably hasn't happened in a while but I remember when Call of Duty 4 uh the map, new map apps came out that you couldn't join the the main playlist because they had the maps you know so you had to buy the maps in order to play on the main the main playlist with everyone else but was kind of there sucks.
1: what the, was there another playlist which only had the maps from the um base game
0: yeah but almost no one was playing on it
1: mm. okay
0: in, in the, well the, like competitive like the competitive um, circuit was on those other
1: maps yeah i also feel like it wasn't three months after the game was released and certainly yeah, not six right. weeks right so i can understand mm-hmm. that the game is going to evolve and even if you have like a, a an expansion pack that's going to come after a year the game's been out or even six months you know it's like by then if you're if you're still playing the game, it's probably fair that you, uh, you know, you pay an, a little bit extra to keep playing the game because they have they're working on stuff and they have the server and the balance and the thing. I, it, it feels a little bit more acceptable um, than what's happening now with this. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And I, I can't remember exactly how it went, but can't remember if House of Wolves back in Destiny 1 also increased the light level or not maybe it did and it did uh section off the end game for for destiny 1's play, one players as well but i don't know it felt more substantial back then and and there also wasn't the the loot boxes revenue model and a bunch of stuff so anyway um so yeah, it this is the first time that the addition of DLC feels so punishing to people and maybe there are other examples I'd be hi- happy to hear about them um but it feels more punishing than I've seen in other games so that's also a little bit of the reason why and also the 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 story missions themselves are are very lackluster and I thought that the story missions in Destiny Two were absolutely not what many people were saying, which was, you know, finally we have a great story. No, it wasn't a great story. <laughs> it was, you know, ah, oh, I lost my light. Oh, look, oh, I got it back. Okay, well, that's great then. Um, were there like you
0: Stockholm know. Syndrome uh, people saying that that the story was
1: good? Is uh, that what it seems like? Yes and no. I think people <laughs> have low expectations, maybe. <laughs> uh huh. But um i don't know anyway so yeah those were my feelings on destiny 2 um star wars battlefront 2 is reducing the or increasing the amount of credit that drops um when you're playing the game it feels like between the reduction of cost of uh characters and the increase which is substantial there's a substantial increase in uh, credit you get when you play a game whether it's uh you know, co-op versus the, you know, PVE type thing, horde mode, or uh, PVP. Um, and you can play the horde mode alone, by the way. So you can get credits like that. It it comes down to basically if you do, uh, if you max out the, the things you can do every day, which shouldn't take a huge amount. You have to play every day, but you would get the most expensive character in like 10 days of game time. So mm-hmm. it feels like we're getting to a level which is... uh reasonable and i don't really know for sure because i refuse to buy that game just for the out of principle yeah. um but i mean it seems like we're getting to a place where it's kind of okay um but we'll have to see but i didn't want to mention it that it maybe they're positioning it to be acceptable uh for when the game the the movie comes out in a few days and um then they'll be re- Uh, enable the loot boxes maybe but uh, we'll see. But for now it seems like it's playable uh, reasonably and you can acquire stuff with credits by playing the game in a reasonable amount of time. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about the games we've been uh, playing and you were talking about Hellblade. Um, I bought it on sales and Mm -hmm. I played, as I mentioned, a couple of hours. Pretty intense game. Um, Yeah. Is the whole game... Similar to that, to those first two hours of gameplay.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean the the parts of the game that well that are her basically like screaming and stuff. Um, because she she's kind of being taken over by this this dark plague kind of in a way, and and it's kind the whole thing is her kind of um, losing her her mind. It it's her journey to kind of come to terms with her the loss the massive amount of loss that she's had um both through the 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 death of her like basically boyfriend um and the i, I don't know don't how spoil, much i, yeah. I want to spoil or want to say about about the game but i thought that the 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 part that kind of brings you along is the story and the performance and the kind of creepiness factor of the voices that are in her head mm. um the gameplay itself is very i thought the combat system was simple but it's still satisfying mm.
1: to play, it does the to job, play
0: with right? yeah um and i thought the boss fights were very interesting if not a little bit like simplistic and there's not a lot a lot of puzzle Element to the boss fights is just kind of like whack at him until he dies. Right. Um, but overall, the, the game is is fairly short um, for the amount of. I, I think it's a, it's a little bit too expensive for the amount for the amount of uh, time you get to spend in it. Um, I finished it in about seven hours, so it's it's fairly short. But I, I enjoyed the. Still. Yeah, I, you know, I've played. <laughs> Cheaper games for longer, you know. Fair enough. Um, I got it on sale for like twenty five percent off or something like that. So I don't, re- I don't regret my purchase. I, I think that the game itself is is really good, and the concepts that it's trying to address um, and talk about through a gameplay medium is something that, um, in that little short video I mentioned, they they kind of say that that. That psychosis is not something that's really talked about that often in media and they think that um, the ability to show uh, her kind of uh, delusions and not, not her delusions but um, basically seeing things that aren't there is something that games are uniquely able to do versus like uh, movies or shows or books or anything like that right, so yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely an interesting thing. As we mentioned in the last episode, it it's not really AAA in all of the areas of AAA, but mm-hmm. graphics-wise, it's incredible. And
0: I, I was in, amazed, blown away by the graphic fidelity of that game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, probably some of the best-looking graphics we've ever seen, mm-hmm. and um, and the audio work is mind-blowing.
0: You can definitely um, tell they do some tricks to to get the graphics the. the the way they they the way they want them um in like cinematics and stuff when it's really focused on her face you can kind of tell that the edges of the screen are a little bit more blurry yeah. and i think they kind of chalk that up to like oh she's crazy and the people that that have this kind of see blurriness in the world and and stuff like that and they actually talk a lot about they show people. Um, people's quotes of what it's like to go through, have some sort of mental illness. Mm. And they talk about how the world seems fractured and the world is very blurry at the edges and stuff like that. So they do a little bit of uh, trickery in order to kind of make the, get the game look as beautiful as it does. But I, I, it's not something that unless you know about how graphics programming works that you'll really notice at first glance.
1: Yeah, many many games do that kind of thing. Yeah, to, they do to get mm-hmm. the yeah. So anyway, Hellblade uh, might be worth your, your time and money. Uh, I played For- Fortnite uh, Battle Royale, which <laughs> I figured you know I didn't love PUBG. I'm going to try and the the cartoony version of it, and it's cartoony, all right, but it's still PUBG. <laughs> PUBG, it's it's, <laughs> it's mind-blowingly similar to PUBG. Mm-hmm. Um, I, which I is I've fine, said,
0: but. I've heard people say that the Fortnite version is actually more fun, just because of the color plus, uh, kind of the cartoony idea of and... the cartoony world. Yeah, yeah. it's just just kind of has it has a better feel to it. But mm.
1: yeah, I mean the base gameplay is still something that didn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also played uh, oh it's free and Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh my
0: gosh, that game! <laughs> Did you play it? <laughs> Through, yeah through the, end? uh, through the first no ending spoiler. yes oh first I played yeah so why not, not the not that one not the one you're thinking of i got oh. to the credits the first credit sequence
1: but why did you not keep going
0: do you know which credit sequence i'm talking about like i got to the credits
1: the song yeah oh mm-hmm. okay all right yes yes okay yeah, so yeah. you played through the entire thing
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the there is a true ending or the best ending oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah okay, So yeah, that's okay. the one that I have not gotten. Yeah. I no, think I that might just watch a YouTube video. Yeah, I went
1: to YouTube, yeah. So yeah. Doki Doki Literature Club is a game um, that is it's super a dating weird.
0: simulator. That's all you need to know, and you should go play it. It's free on Steam.
1: <laughs> I guess. It's a dating simulator <laughs> that does things. The the thing is, the first hour and a half is death. It's so boring. I thought I was going to <laughs> melt of, of annoyance, you know? Um, it's really just the cute Japanese dating simulator. You get into, like, your friend for, from forever gets you into the, her literature club. And there are three cute girls that all want to be your friend. And, oh, my God, am I going to be able to get close to them? <gasps> ah, and, like, it's exactly what you would expect out of it. And then stuff start to change. Um, so
0: imagine having to stream this game and <laughs> having to read all the, all the dialogue uh, out loud. On why would you do that? Because my friend was like, hey, you should play this game. It's really good. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. It looks like a great thing to stream for the audience. Maybe not for me. And then I, so I did it.
1: Oh my Uh, God! So I
0: streamed all of it. Oh, and I read all of it, and I had I developed voices for all the different characters.
1: Pretty good, pretty Uh, good. Yeah, it it must have been exhausting for you, but pretty good for the audience. No, Um... I'll
0: tell you what, it 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 was very exhausting for my wife, (laughs) who who came up. I was I started streaming. She came upstairs like an hour later, and she looked at me like, "What are you doing?" And then she went to bed and I stayed up later and she closed the door to the game room, the door to our room, and then turned on the fan in the in in our bathroom so she wouldn't be able to hear me as I was reading. Understandable.
1: These um yeah. but so without spoiling, I'm not gonna spoil, I think this game has um it's on the verge of being genius, mm-hmm. but it falls short and ends up being just mediocre and a I think it bit takes gimmicky. too
0: long to get to the genius
1: I also think the genius is squandered um it's not it, it doesn't go in an interesting place it just go in a oh okay all right then that happened and you know and and it's not like th- there are some bits of it that are super interesting and that they could have done stuff with those ideas that were that that we're going beyond the game, like something, you know, you know, I, anyway, I don't want to say too much, but it's definitely an interesting thing to do. It's just four hours. It's free um, on Steam. And just, so you can just play it. Um, but it's not as amazing as I was hoping it was going to be. Definitely. I'm glad I played it. Absolutely. And but if you have four hours to to lose, then you can do that. Um, and the music will get in your brain though. I've been listening to it nonstop. Uh,
0: You whistle it all the time or you sing it. It's terrible.
1: Very, very well done. Like it follows the, the canon (laughs) of those, of of that type of game to a level that is impressive. Like the, the way the dialogue is just like, it's an English game. Uh, I mean, English language game, but it's written... It's very obviously that like
0: is, forcibly translated, you know
1: exactly. Like, but it's like written they, they, in English. You know the, mm-hmm. the, the the guy. It's a one person team. Almost, it's a couple of people. But um, I can't remember the name of the developer. Um, ah, I'm gonna not gonna find it. Um, but he he is obviously a huge fan of that genre. And he is uh, so do you know? Oh, that, you know Dan Salvato. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's a big smash player right um like competitive smash player Mm. so that's and i don't i guess he's he obviously wanted to do something interesting yeah um with the the game he's kind of talked in interviews and stuff about how he has like mixed feeling toward anime yeah (laughs) so he kind of wanted to do something interesting with it with that concept
1: and it's, I mean, about the language, maybe it's something I'm sensitive about. It's very, like, you can feel the Japanese through mm-hmm. the, 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 the English, even though it, never, it was never written in Japanese. So that's, that's pretty impressive. And anyway, it's a very interesting game, if nothing else. Um, another interesting game is Otomata. Automata. Um, you told me oh you my. were playing it. How far along are you?
0: I am about halfway through what I know to be the first playthrough.
1: All right. Um, Obviously, I think that's not a spoiler by now. Everyone knows there are more than one playthroughs. We're Mm -hmm. not going to spoil anything. I haven't completed the game. I'm a couple of hours from finishing it. Um, And...
0: So you're on Route E, then?
1: I'm not exactly, no. Okay. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't want to say more because I don't want to about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um it's I mean unless what happens in the remaining, I don't know, 3 hours is so incredible that it changes everything I've done until now, and maybe it is. Uh it is very difficult for me to like this game. I kind of feel like Wow, really? I kind of feel like i'm I know how people who didn't like Zelda Breath of the Wild feel. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know anyone who has you know any cred or whom I respect even a little bit who didn't love near Automata. It, everyone so, loves it, and i'm like ah, i'm slug like the first playthrough is about ten hours, and mm-hmm. God, it was painful for me. it was like really? I, wow. I don't like the gameplay um. And I think the story is completely dumb. Com- like,
0: so I'll, I'll let you f- I'll, I'll let you finish, but I, I do want to talk about the gameplay when, when you finish. Sure.
1: Um, so, well, I, we're not going to talk about it because none of n- neither of us have finished it. So it's really just a like uh, in journey uh, in the middle of the journey check in. Um, it's just it's. I think it's just not for me. And I and I love that people love it. But I would, I will at some point do a, a spoiler section and talk mm-hmm. about everything I hate about the game because <laughs> I think there are it's extremely overrated. I think it's it's got a couple of good gimmicks, but and it's not a bad game. I'm not saying it's a bad game, but putting it at the level of all of those amazing games we've had, it's so inconsistent and so. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't want to go more into it because I it's not. No spoilers, and I haven't finished it completely. But um, yeah, go ahead. I,
0: I was disappointed in in the not variability of the combat. I, th- I think that the 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 different weapons that you get kind of increase it, and it's ki- kind of impressive that depending on where you put those weapons, you'll have a different different animations and stuff like that. But I, I did not feel like the combat was was that interesting. And coming from a Platinum Games game, I thought that was kind of disappointing. Um, but uh, yeah, we can, we can, if you want to do that spoiler section some other time, then yeah. we
1: can get once, into we've, once we've, once we finished, uh, finished it, both of us will have to talk about it because it's definitely one of the games of the year. And mm-hmm. I understand why it's a completely, it's a huge phenomenon, but what I get out of it is very minimal and it's it's basically i I can't remember if i'd said this in the english show but i played through the demo a very long time ago um and that's the first level of the game and i was like wow that game is not for me like i maybe there that what i just played which is the introduction um fairly long it's maybe 25 minutes um that if that's what the game is i know exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and that's exactly what happened. And I had to and and the gameplay not being compelling and the st- Anyway, anyway, I think that when you, you
0: say you know what happened, is that the story is what you know what, what's gonna happen? It's or? a Japan
1: it's a Japanese game. Okay. And and that entails a certain number of tropes that I was hoping I wasn't going to have to slug through. <laughs> Uh, in that game, because it was "quote unquote" so brilliant, uh-huh. and the themes it explores and the 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 format, the form with which it explores them, is painfully Japanese. Mm-hmm. So what remains is a couple of gaming as a medium tricks or gaming as a medium. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gimmicks that are interesting. But that certainly don't justify even 10 hours of, of sluggish gameplay for me. So mm. we'll, we'll do a spoiler section at some point. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you think you're not going to like this game out of what you know of it, my suspicion is you probably won't like this game. <laughs> um, so yeah.
0: One thing I will recommend to people is that the demo version of that game is very linear. Um, the game opens up a lot. But because it opens up a lot, play through the main story until you unlock fast travel. Because that will save you a lot of time. I didn't even realize, like, I, I could do that until, like, last night when I was running from quest to quest, <laughs> like, trying to complete things. And I was like, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And then I, like, I looked it up and they were like, oh, yeah, just do, like, the next story mission and you'll and you'll <laughs> unlock fast travel. And I was like, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree um all right a bunch of other little bits of news um i really want to talk more about near but we have to we (laughs) have to finish it completely um so uh the walking dead uh is getting a game that seems like a decent game it's overkills the walking dead uh there was a trailer released yesterday i think um Mm -hmm. I mean, the trailer is very cinematic. It doesn't tell us anything about the game itself. We know it's a four-player co-op game, which I'm looking forward to because the Left 4 Dead formula has to be able to be replicated one day, and we have to have a good game um, in that genre. It's 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 impossible that we don't have a, a good game. And these guys know. make the
0: payday games, and they're yeah. they're known for for good gameplay, for good co-op go gameplay.
1: Um, and so I'm not clear on the structure because the guys behind the payday, uh, they're game pub- are also they're the like- ones who made GTFO that I think that we talked about from the game awards. Mm-hmm. So are, are they making both games?
0: I, I well, I th- Overkill's the developer for Walking Dead. Right. Um, and I was looking this up earlier. Starbreeze.
1: Yeah. Is Starbreeze
0: is the publisher. Right. And Overkill... Um, they made Payday one, Payday one and Payday two, um, and it looks like they're making Payday three as well, TBA. But yeah, so it is actually the developer of Payday one and two. Okay. Um, and then the other game you're talking about, GTFO, I think it's not being made by these
1: guys. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken. Um. So so it looks
0: like it's it's like a the designer of Payday. I right. guess you left he left Overkill and went to go form his own studio or something like that. Right, so. yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I'm finding here. Right. Right. Um Okay, so it's payday everywhere. Uh and it has a, <laughs> a, a pretty good uh pedigree, so mm-hmm. but what I liked about this uh trailer was that it, it sort of showed a character that was um being crushed by the mundane realities of the real world, and that seemed to thrive in the world of The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. in the zombie apocalypse. Like, he seemed not, like, overly joyous or violent or anything. He just seemed like he got into his element and he's more comfortable in that chaotic world. Um, I don't know how much of that is going to translate into the actual game, and we haven't seen any gameplay, but I I guess as a hook, it's kind of one that, that interested me a little bit um new tomb raider tomb raider game um is being teased by square enix there's a tweet basically by the tomb raider account on twitter that has said a bunch of things that were put together in a weird phrasing and someone uh liam robertson robertson um noticed uh, he's the gaming historian if you don't know know him Um, he noticed that the phrasing was off and basically the first letter of every sentence uh, spells out shadow so it's basically the shadow (laughs) of the tomb raider uh, leak that we had a year ago that is confirmed now so we're going to have a little bit more fairly soon i'm super happy that tomb raider is still um, something and that it's being developed I'm um I I that made me realize I never finished uh, Shadow, uh Rise of the Tomb Raider, yeah. So I either. have to go back and and finish it. Maybe I'll plug my Xbox back in at some point. <laughs> um, I have to finish that, and I have to finish uh Horizon Zero Dawn. But um, that
0: yeah. how far are you in that one? Horizon? You know, yeah,
1: midway through, a little bit over okay. midway. through.
0: so you haven't. You probably have just maybe tapped the edge of the, the real story there. Yes. Um, yeah, that...
1: Yeah. The story the, of that yeah. one. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I haven't finished either, but everyone knows that in Nier and in Horizon, there are robot things that happen. Um, <laughs> and from what I understand so far, even, you know, halfway in, that's one of the things I don't like about Nier is that the anyway we'll talk about it tonight. <laughs> but it's it's incoherent it doesn't make sense it's dumb it's childish
0: horizon anyway. takes a really strong turn uh story-wise in the the second half of the game in my opinion
1: okay well don't don't spoil i'll yep, i'll no get to it soon um so yeah new tomb raider cool Uh, devil may cry collection coming to ps4 xbox and pc in 2018 uh that probably means we're due for a new devil may cry i would suspect uh the year after that it's often the case that they put out uh, a collection of the old games and then pull out put out the new game Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that um that's something that i I missed back in the playstation 2 era so I'm, i'm looking forward to to getting into that again
1: yeah, me too. I'd love to have to get into a Devil May Cry. I looked at them from afar a little bit, wanting to get into it, and I love the guns and blade combo things with, with uh-huh. insane uh, combat, um, which ironically is something that Platinum does pretty well as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I would love to get, but I want a new one. I don't want to go back and play the old ones because they don't mean anything to me. I would love to have a new one uh her story is a game that was very popular a couple of years ago um war games is the new game by the developer of her story whose name i'm going to find uh right now his name is okay i can't i can't find it never mind but it was cool uh war games why not guess dan barlow Sam Barlow, thank you. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a very specific type of game. I'm very curious to see what he does. I with, liked
0: uh, I liked her story, but not enough to like love yeah. it. Like some people loved it, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I, that whatever game that is will be interesting.
1: Mega Man Eleven is announced for 2018. So basically. Uh, Street Fighter, Mega Man, DM, DMC, um, Capcom is going crazy with uh, collections and remakes and uh, getting, putting out new games in those series, which is probably a good way to do it. Um, Mega Man 11 2018, Mega Man X 1 to 8 coming to PC, PS4 and Switch and Xbox One and the Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2, which are the non-X Uh, versions of the game, uh, which already exist on uh, other platforms, are coming to the Nintendo Switch. So basically, um, Mega Man is everywhere, and Mega Man X is everywhere, and Mega Man 11 is going to be... I thought it looked meh, (laughs) graphics-wise. I don't know if you're... You know, it looked a little bit like Mighty Number 9, um, Uh which... Felt. Uh, here's what it looks like. It looks like Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, which has this strange plasticky look to it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm. It doesn't look great. It seems like it seems almost like it. May, maybe they're going after the plasticky look because it's supposed to be like like toys, I guess, from the '80s and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, I guess it it probably does, but. Hmm. Um. I don't know. Well, I think this game is going to be a game that many pe- that some people adore. I mm-hmm. mean, it looks very old school. It's like platformy and precise jumps and very very um, classic type, which is great if you love that. But I think people who didn't live through that period and with those games are maybe not gonna be clients of the you know of the thing. Yeah. Uh, in China, the Nvidia Shield is going to be including Nintendo games. Uh, that includes sure. Wii, Wii U games, I believe, Wii and Wii U games. Um, that's a first for China. And it's very interesting that those games are going to be on a non Nintendo platform. We have things like, uh, Super yeah. Mario Galaxy, um, new Super Mario Bros. Wii, um, Twilight Princess. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. So
0: all, um, all Wii games, it looks yeah.
1: like. Wii games, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's... I mean, theoretically, the interesting thing is the NVIDIA Shield is basically... There are two things that are interesting. It's basically an Android console, which means there are going to be APKs, which might find their ways on other Android devices uh, down mm-hmm. the line. So <laughs> that's an interesting one. And also, uh, of course, we know that the Nintendo Switch is based on uh, the Android, not a software, but hardware architecture. Well, basically, it's an ARM uh, CPU. So that might mean that those games will be easy or, you know, very easy to uh, bring to the Switch if they are on the Shield. So maybe Wii Virtual Console things... I'm up that'd be nice i need
0: I need something some mm. virtual console, something or another, yeah i mean i, I want I want Nintendo we're talking about all these collections, I want Nintendo to release a collection of all the Legend of Zelda games
1: well um, the,
0: maybe ex- except for the the two that they put on the Wii U, but like all the old Legend of Zelda games all as a single collection
1: on the switch why would they do that when they can sell each one of them individually to you because I want it yes yeah, <laughs> but Listen, Ed, in this life, we don't always get what we want. <laughs> and in that case, what we want is lots of virtual console games that would be cheap. That are all that sold we'll for $5. Yes, that we do. We are not going to get, sadly. Ugh. I mean, there are going to be a ton of people that have enormous amounts of uh, Switches and free time and nothing to play on those Switches and they are going, well, not nothing, but for the next year or so, um, the games are, you are gonna going to Xenoblade
0: Chronicles 2, you can play that for like 100 hours. so
1: <laughs> Probably, but do you want to?
0: <laughs> yes, you do. That game is awesome.
1: Oh, you, are you playing it? Yes, I'm playing it. And you're liking uh, it? Quite a lot. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's not too jrpg for you?
0: Well, it is, but I, li- I liked Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Like, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I've so heard I that might be a little
1: biased. Mm, I heard this, that this, this one is basically um, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles one, but not as good in every way.
0: Well, maybe <laughs> uh, I would say that it probably is, but I think the gameplay of this game is a lot better than the than the gameplay of this of Xenoblade One or X. Mm. What What brought me through on Xenoblade Chronicles was the story. I thought was really interesting and and you actually they actually do quite a bit to keep you interested in that story as you're playing through that 100 and whatever hour game. Mm. Um Xenoblade Chronicles X, I thought that the gameplay was interesting, but I felt very underpowered while I was playing that game. And I, I and I like I got to a story mission and I could not pass it without like going back and grinding up my level, but I couldn't go back and grind up my level cuz I was locked into that that playing the story fight. So I eventually right. like, squeaked through it and I was just like, I'm done with this game. Right, um, yeah. So, But I have nev- not feel- felt underpowered yet in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, so and let's I think for the grind. gameplay is better. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, what else? Divinity Original Sin 2 has sold 2 million copies. Um, same for Persona 5, 2 million copies. I think it's, it's interesting um, to have these numbers because... In in all of these discussions about, you know, the cost of games and the industry and and how games are made and the business models and the loot boxes and like, and people saying, well, you don't need to do it for this and that reason. And those games uh, that we're talking about, Original uh, Original Sin 2 and Persona 5, which are universally loved and uh, critically acclaimed. They are successes with... Uh, oh, did I say two millions for Original Sin 2? It's one million. Sorry. Um, so one or two millions for those games, it sort of gives you uh, a realization of how much those games cost to make to, and, and how much they need to become profitable or to become successes uh, compared to the huge A's that we're also talking about that need to get to, you know... Ten, five, ten million to to be profitable and worth it for the companies that that make them so it's not every game that is you can take one example and apply it to the other games so one million for original sin two and two millions for persona five and they're great numbers for those games so Uh, discord has a hundred million users that's kind of amazing like two years ago discord was nowhere and now it has 100 million users. That's how fast things go. in. in I mean, there yeah, was definitely it, a need for a structured voice service, but they jumped on it and, and managed it so well.
0: Well, it wasn't even structured. Was it voice from, from the beginning? I think I, so, I, yeah. I know a lot of people jumped on it for the community aspect of it, being able to create your own free servers that were just completely separate from... Um, I mean, everyone has a has a Discord server, and uh, we mo- we moved from having Twitch chat be our primary in our forums be our primary source of community in an right. interaction to being wholly on Discord.
1: And just um, for the chat, you mean rather than the voice uh, channels? Yeah,
0: mm. uh, well, we use the voice channels for community nights and stuff like that. But in general, we have uh, something like ten rooms or something like that in in discord and what's great is you can create like a separate channel and then that would be your spoiler section for that game and so we just have a bunch like 20 rooms of all different games people talking about different games and stuff like that so um because it's it's incredible how easy it is to set up i like the the patreon and twitch integration that people have that that discord has is really good um yeah it's it's Incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it had voices from the beginning, but maybe you know, I didn't yeah, I think hear you're about right. it no, until
0: think about it more. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a pretty significant, uh, you know, a, a achievement. Um, and a hundred million users is is just crazy. So, mm-hmm. uh, and finally, I wanted to talk about that. Um, have you read that thing, the Dear yeah. Iwata, Dear Mister Iwata uh, comic? Yeah, it's. A little bit of a tearjerker. A little bit, yeah. It's Wooden Plank Studios that uh, put this up on Reddit and on on, uh, uh, Imgur. And it's just a love letter to Satoru Iwata, um, who was the president of Nintendo for a few years and a a developer with a great heart before that. And uh, it's just telling him, we're so glad that... uh, we're sad that you're not here to see how well the Switch is doing because you were the soul of Nintendo for a long time, and we—it's now being where uh, you probably hope it would be, and you know we hope you're enjoying this uh, this achievement from wherever you are, and it's just so cute and heartwarming and beautiful, and there's so much you know negativity on the internet and in the gamer community this one was just lovely and i think every uh, universally um <laughs> everyone loved this little comic thing yeah. and um yeah so i just wanted to mention it just look for just google dear mr iwata and be ready to to get a little bit sad but happy at the same time
0: uh i will I will mention the the one frame that they talk about um Pokemon Golden and Silver and super Smash Brothers he was like solely almost entirely solely responsible for those games being as good as they are mm. um as a as a programmer. He basically solved a huge memory problem with the original gold and silver that that there were all these programmers at Nintendo that could not figure out this this issue because they wanted to include the original version uh, of Pokemon in this game, the red and blue like region. And they couldn't figure it out without, without running out of memory. And so he did something it's not really clear what he did, but whatever he did allowed Kanto to exist in the, Mm -hmm. in that game. And that is one that is my favorite generation of Pokemon. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's, it's, it's it's an amazing technical achievement, and it just shows that this guy he, he was, was wickedly he was wickedly smart um technically and had a lot of business sense and he was he was the real deal.
1: Mm. And it's you know I wasn't into the Pokemon I was too old by then I was playing like <laughs> you know real games like God of War mm. and uh mm-hmm. being a a a strong angry male um <laughs> but um it the, the the thing that hits me the most is the nintendo directs which mm-hmm. i thought were the dumbest thing in the world when they first started i thought they were out of touch they were tacky they were like i thought nintendo was was making uh, like n- not understanding what the times were and they stuck with it and it, you know, the strangest thing. After a few months, a couple of years, it was like it became their quirky. It it was showing their quirky selves, and you know the the Iwata bowing and saying "Please enjoy," which is a, again a, a weird translation of Japanese. Mm-hmm. But you know, it just it just became part of their identity, and there was an an earnestness and an honesty to all of it which felt very genuine and, and and um and touching and he was certainly part of the 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 soul of that whole thing so um it's just you know that, that comic just brought it back. So it's just cute and it's never uh a bad idea to uh, it's never a bad thing to uh remember the the good people um who did good things in our industry and in our community so uh there you go you can google dear mystery water and shed your own tear as well and that's going to be it for this episode thank you very much for being on good sir you're Um, welcome
0: thank you for having me
1: where will will people go where should people go if they want more (laughs) of the ed mitchell experience
0: yeah you can follow me on twitter at @adidas. That will be in the show notes. Um, I stream... Lately, it's been Wednesday nights around uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on uh, 4pp.tv. I think this week I'm going to be playing more Observer, kind of a um, psycho-technical horror game. Um, And yeah, so you can catch me there if you want to listen to a uh, some podcast with me on it, just go to four player com slash. I think it's slash ed. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you want to kind of the, the group that I work with Four player network, they do a podcast every Thursday night. Um, and we're coming up close on our end of the year stuff. So we'll be doing a big award show for that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it.
1: Excellent. And the link to the Twitter account will be in the show notes as usual. Mm-hmm. For me it's not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook and uh you can find my productions at frenchspin.com and we are coming up on the end of the year as well um I think next episode I don't know where we're going to have it because the next one would be on like Christmas Day <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know that that's going to be possible but we'll see and we'll do uh, probably an end of year roundup as everyone in the world does but um, <laughs> please please look forward to that and uh, if things don't work out we'll talk to you um, after that in the new year although my baby should be coming soon so I don't Ooh. know what's going to happen there uh, but hopefully we'll have an episode next uh, for the next one with the roundup Either way, we'll be happy to talk to you. Want to talk to you, or when we do. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful uh, couple of weeks of gaming. Talk to you soon.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> is that you warmer temps mean new albert styles meet the new super light collection the lightest ever shoes from albert's now in fresh colors these must-have travel shoes have a lighter than air feel and barely there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever plus they're comfy right out of the box that means more comfort and less baggage experience how albert's is redefining comfort visit allbirds.com and use code super 24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of 48 dollars or more